0: Welcome to another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, the Barry Colts still have their eyes on top spot in the Central Division as the OHL playoffs draw near. We'll get an update. We talk with funny lady Vanessa Smythe, who's bringing her one woman show to Talk Is Free Theater in April. And we hear often about the many organizations helping troubled youth, women, and children in crisis in the homeless. Not so much about those helping adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, but it's happening in Barrie and Simcoe County through Camp Hill Foundation Canada. But first, we have a call for help from the Canadian Cancer Society, which is in urgent need of drivers for its Wheels of Hope service. These are the people who get cancer patients to and from their appointments when they have no other means of travel. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets the details from Mark Kahn, the Wheel of Hope recruitment coordinator. So, the Wheels of Hope has volunteers to
1: transport people uh, undergoing cancer treatment um, to the cancer center. Um, it, there is a cancer, they do go to RVH in Barrie, but we do need people to drive to Toronto, and that's been our biggest challenge. There's a lot of people don't want to drive to Toronto and go downtown, but that is uh, our biggest need where we, we need volunteers.
2: Have you seen a, a drop in volunteers, just like since the pandemic happened?
1: Yeah, we have. I mean, at the time when when, when the pandemic started, you know, everything was shut down. We had to suspend the program for a while. Um, so, you know, we've lost a lot of volunteers. You know, some of them have just retired. So um, now that kind of everything is back up and running, um, we there's the need is still there. So the, the, the demand for people getting transportation to their life saving treatment. Is absolutely there. Uh, we just need more people that are that are like to drive and are willing to help out uh, someone else in their own community.
2: And you said that uh, drivers are needed in the Barry and all over Simcoe Muskoka. But are you kind of mostly looking for the ones going down to Toronto?
1: We are mostly yes. Um, but you know we we appreciate anybody's help that's uh, you know willing to do even local rides in Barry to the uh, the Royal Victoria Health Center. But a lot of the demand is for people going to uh, going to Toronto. And and like you said, it's not just in Barry. Um, all over Aurelia, Collingwood, Angus, Alipin, Gravenhurst, um, all over the Simcoe Muskoka area. So, if, if you're listening to this uh, or reading this, um, yeah, we can we can really use your help. It's uh, all over the uh, you know the uh, the area, not just in Barrie.
2: And then, what are the obligations for the driver? What do they need in order to apply? And then, what are their obligations if they get accepted?
1: The requirements we're looking for is people that are available Monday to Friday, because that's when the, the, the cancer centers uh, offer treatment. It's usually just Monday to Friday, between 7.30 and 5.00 p.m. They are required to drive a 100% smoke-free, reliable vehicle with a decent driving record. Uh, we do require all of our volunteers to be double vaccinated um, for COVID-19. Uh, they are required to wear a mask, and the clients are required to wear a mask as well. Uh, we you know, we want to do everything we can to protect our, our clients and the volunteer. Uh, we do provide a mileage reimbursement uh, as well. Pretty um, basic requirements, uh, usually pretty standard for all nonprofit organizations. And it's an incredible—it's uh, it, an incredible experience. Um, you know, I started out as a volunteer driver, and I loved that I was helping out people in my own community and and literally making a difference in someone's life. Um, and you know, I was humbled by how most of the people are just so incredibly grateful for a stranger driving them. You know, the appreciation is really felt. They don't have to drive or look around for expensive parking. They can relax and, and focus on themselves and getting well. And, and to that point, the magic really does happen in the drives there at home. And um, You know, the Wheel of Hope doesn't just benefit the, the person going through cancer treatment. It benefits our volunteers as well. Uh, the, con- the, pardon me, the conversations, uh, the kindness, the compassion, um, you know, it's all there. Our, our volunteers get to meet so many interesting people from all walks of life. You know, sometimes people do want to talk about cancer. They, they want to talk about the beliefs game, or they want to share stories about their own history and life experiences. It's a, it's a really very special uh, times in the vehicle on, on the way there and on the way home.
2: And then uh, where can people find more info about the program and to sign up as a volunteer?
1: Sure. So they can go directly and apply uh, to be a volunteer at cancervolunteer.ca and just click on Will's of Hope. Uh, if they just want some more information and um, find out a few more things about the program, they can email us at volunteer at cancer.ca or just give us a call. Uh, Our toll-free number is
0: 1-888-939-3333. Again, to volunteer, go to cancervolunteer.ca. She's part stand-up comic, part poet, and once in a while she sings, and she's coming to talk as free theatre in April. Vanessa Smythe telling stories about everyday life and some of the curveballs it can throw at you. A busy lady, our MJ was able to track her down, nail her down for a few minutes to talk about the show and her career.
3: How can you describe your show? I I read here that it's a little bit of um, (laughs) stand-up and a little bit of of storytelling, so it's like a, a spoken word type thing. Like, what can people expect?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, the artists that I think are my influences, I sort of pull from a few different places. I'm a big fan of Mike Birbiglia and how he combines storytelling and stand-up. Um, I also draw a lot from live musicians like Hoxley Workman, who contextualizes music with these kind of magical moments of connecting with an audience. And uh, Ali Wong is also a big inspiration of mine, because I'm going to be doing this show when I'm a little over eight months pregnant. So I uh, yeah, my show itself is kind of a blend of these different elements, but effectively I'm kind of converting the raw material of my life into these stories that hopefully um, reveal some of the magic that can be otherwise missed in the kind of chaotic pace of our lives. So it's it's, uh, it's playful and kind of whimsical but I want to say ultimately it's a love letter to what stories can do for us.
3: Is this your first time I'm working with uh, with TIFT?
4: No, TIFT I'd say is like probably the institution that has supported me the most as an actor and as a writer over the years. Um, in September, They hosted the Giants in the Sky Festival, where artists took over different rooftops and public spaces, and we all gave, like, free sets and shows um, over a couple of weekends. I've been part of a few of their stage productions. And, yeah, I I shared an earlier version of this show in September and uh, was really gratified when audiences uh, seems to really breathe it in. So it's just been me excited to to share it for a few more evenings. That just goes to show how great,
3: you know, like, um, like Talk is for Theatre is and other programs really support, like, you know, artists within, like, within our province. And, I mean, you've got a pretty good following, but, you know, even people that kind of getting their foot in the door in this industry, too, it really helps them out.
4: Absolutely. I mean, you know, when COVID first uh, happened, I want to say that Talk is Free Theatre was has continued to be the most innovative when it comes to the ways that they find support and nourishment for the artists that they believe in, but also, like, finding ways to connect artists with the communities that they're connected to. Um, So, yeah, I just, like, I find them very inspiring and very imaginative. And um, so it means a lot to me when they say, like, you know, when they give me an opportunity to kind of be part of that because I, yeah, I, I, like, really stand by other principles.
3: And for people who aren't really too familiar with some of your work, you've been in quite a few things. <laughs> you've, yeah. you've done a lot throughout your career. So I,
4: just, I guess some of the highlights for you. Sure. Um, I mean, the one that uh, I guess maybe I'm most associated with and that's also really special to me is being part of the show The Expanse. I'm like a huge sci-fi geek, so it was very much a dream come true to be part of seasons five and six and to get to like dwell in space with some of my favorite fellow actors and writers, and um, uh, it was pretty magical. I actually, when I first auditioned for that show, I was supposed to play uh, a scientist who dies immediately, and then <laughs> thankfully they they saw something else in me, and so they invited me back, and I got to be part of the show for yeah, for the last two years. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, and then I was excited to be part of. Um, uh, the director, John Sobel, he's also... I'm a big sci-fi person, so I feel like those are always the projects I list first. But um, I just finished shooting uh, a part in his film, Little Mouse, which comes out next year. So, um, yeah, kind of all over the place, to be honest. But um, those are a couple of the more commonly affiliated ones.
3: With me. And, you know, you said that you're uh, going to be eight months pregnant when you do this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Any, I guess there's not really any reservations about that though, because you know, you, you, you kind of play with it. Like you said, Ali Wong did, right. And it, it, it really, I don't know, it's, it's adorable and it, it really works.
4: Oh, I mean, I love, I'm a big fan of hers and uh, I'm no way, in no way comparing myself to like her caliber, but I, I I feel like something that really thrills me and gives me energy as a performer is when I can really be in the moment that I'm in. And so this feels like kind of a heightened state because every day is like a new symptom or a new feeling or a new current in me that I'm like navigating and negotiating. So I feel like it... In some ways, it makes me feel more, like, vulnerable. But at the same time, I feel like when I do feel vulnerable, I I want to find kind of the playfulness there and the, like, commonality with people who are there. So I'm I'm curious, and I, I mean, I hope very candidly that, like, there's some doctors and OBs and doulas in the audience in case I go into labor really early. But, like, you know, accepting that that is a possible fate, I just feel really excited to get to do this when my body's um, also unfolding that way.
0: As always, tickets for Talk is Free theater performances are free. You can latch on to them at tift.ca. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we started last summer. We've learned to make roasted red-hot chili peppers, paradise by the oven-light meatloaf and moody blues berry muffins from the Sex, Drugs and Pots and Pans cookbook, and how a Barry police officer and an RVH mental health crisis worker are making a difference with their mobile crisis response team you can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. Still to come on What Barry's Talking About, the Barry Colts are on a roll, and helping adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities help themselves. Now this. It's cool to care. It's a well-known fact. Blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services and Barry is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling one 8 2 donate
3: Cool to Care is brought to you by the Peggy Hill Team. Keeping it real all the way to sold. Reach out now at PeggyHill.com.
2: It's cool to care with 107.5 Cool FM.
0: This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. The Barry Colts have clinched a playoff spot, but still have an eye on top spot in the Central Division. Here again is our Will Calkin with Colts broadcaster Gene Pereira.
2: Gene, what were uh, some key takeaways from the week? Uh, That was a big win against a good team in the Knights.
5: Yeah, obviously, London, one of the top teams in the Ontario Hockey League, having clinched the Midwest Division title for the fourth straight year. So, obviously, Barry saw that as a pretty good test uh, with one of the better teams coming in. And uh, it was uh, one of Barry's more impressive uh, performances on the season. They really kind of, you know, took control early on with a 2 nothing lead. And then... Uh, you know, after that, had control throughout the game, but uh, I think uh, you know, from pretty much well start to finish, was one of the better 60-minute efforts on the season against a very good London team, and uh, you know, it was it was a big win. Uh, unfortunately, we were hoping that uh, London had to uh, make a trek through North Bay on Sunday, uh, but uh, North Bay as well won four nothing there, so. Uh, you know, Barry did uh, London a solid by uh, beating going sound the week before, and uh, that helped London clinch the division. But uh, London didn't return favor North Bay on Sunday, so um, you know it's just the way it goes. But uh, yeah, that Thursday win was a big one, and then uh, obviously uh, Saturday at home to Sudbury, uh, another five-two win there as well, um, and again a game that Barry took control of uh, early on and. It was a close game, I mean, as often as it is between these two central rivals. And uh, it was two on entry the third, but Sudbury all game, they looked at it as a game that these two teams could meet in the first, <clears throat> first round, a potential first-round matchup. And uh, I think the Wolves were clearly trying to send a message about what Barry should expect. It was a lot more physical and uh, a lot of pushing and shoving, but uh, Brant Clark certainly got a lot of attention as he's going to get as we uh, head into the playoffs here. And so Barry message that they're going to be in his face uh, all, all, all series if they end up meeting up.
2: Yeah, you uh, said it well in your article that uh, the Wolves were quite feisty. Did you? I, you kind of mentioned it right now, but yeah, you liked how Clark uh, responded to that push by by the Wolves.
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, for Clark, he wants to, you know, kind of show that he's he can take that. But you know, more importantly for Barry, is that he stays on the ice. Uh, he's just been. Impact player, I think, other than uh, Major, the leading scorer in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, if you take Bennett Clark's numbers over a full season, he'd be second in the league scoring this year, which is pretty impressive for a defenseman. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know his impact is when he's on the ice, and he logs a lot of minutes for Barry back there. For Sudbury, it's an advantage to try to get under his skin, try to get him off his game, be physical at every chance, and. That includes, you know, after the whistle as well, getting in his face, and that's what they did. And in an effort to try to get him off the ice, it worked a couple of times, uh, uh, but it's something that uh, the uh, the Los Angeles Kings prospect is going to have to uh, kind of turn the cheek to, uh, obviously, the importance of him as being on the ice uh, for the club. and. Uh, they need him to kind of stay away from
2: that stuff. So now uh, coming up for uh, Barry, they have another chance to bank some wins. Uh, we record this prior to their Wednesday game against the Steelheads, so hopefully they uh, okay. got the victory. But they uh, play Owen, uh, the Owen Sound Attack on Friday and the Niagara Ice Dogs on Saturday. Um, Gene, what are you uh, looking for from the team this coming week?
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, even though uh, they're five points behind uh, North Bay with a, a game in hand, I know they're still trying to track them down here. We got uh, six games to close out of the year, and Barry goes into Mississauga on a Wednesday. And uh, you know Mississauga has always been a a good rival for Barry, and and so on the Colts of uh, 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 you know their Mississauga is in a bit of a rebuilding phase here, and uh, but a lot of young talent. So it's a game they certainly have to. You know, be careful of I it. Mean, no one sounds always tough. That's the Friday, March seventeenth, and uh, you know it's an untraditional night in the sense that Barry's home nights are usually Thursday, but this year they're playing Friday, and that's to uh, to have a St. Patty's Day uh, day uh, evening game. And uh, you know the Colts will be wearing their traditional green uh, jerseys that they end up auctioning off. Uh, so a lot of fun there on that night with a lot of St. Paddy's Day themes going on, and then they close it out Saturday the week uh, against Niagara, the Ice Dogs, which have, have been eliminated from the playoffs, and, uh, you know, it's been a tough season for Niagara, the rebuilding, but again, for Barry, those are the games you got to be, you know, careful of a, a bit of a trap that you're maybe looking past them and that you expect to just kind of win by showing up, and, uh, um, you know, if they want to track uh, down North Bay at all, have any hope of it. They certainly have to win out the season here well, <laughs> The the <rest, laughs> remainder of the regular season.
2: Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, they get some wins and uh, if spectators this uh, coming week or whatever, hopefully they can have a green beverage and enjoy, uh, enjoy some Colts. Thanks, Will.
0: Some people make a big deal about how they help the community and help the world be a better place. Others do it quietly. That would be the case with Camphill Foundation Canada, which works with adults who have intellectual and developmental disabilities. Never heard of them? Neither had we, until our Ian McLennan sat down with Executive Director Kathy Downs.
6: You've got a location here in Simcoe County. For people who aren't familiar with the organization, just in a nutshell, what is your organization, you know, the mandate, and, you know, your goals?
7: Camp Hill Communities Ontario has been providing housing and social supports for adults and seniors with developmental disabilities for over 38 years in Simcoe County. We have several locations throughout the county. We have uh, several group homes here in Barrie. And then we also have a 300 acre farm out in Essa Township, which also has a cluster of homes. It's a real community in Essa Township. And we have a market garden there. We have a wood shop. We have a working farm. It is a working farm. We also have pottery and uh, day programs that run out of there and a community center on site.
6: And when I was reading some of the articles, of, um, you know, the, some of the people who are living on site in Essa Township, it's very phenomenal with the farming. That it, it's all hands on. They're 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 running the place, so to speak.
7: Yes, we actually have um, both. We have beef cattle, we have two goats, and we have a lovely miniature donkey who joined us during COVID when things were. Shut down. We also have a maple syrup social enterprise there. It's incredible syrup, and it recently won eighth prize in the amber division at the Royal Winter Fair. So, what a real testament to the work that's happening in social enterprise out at the farm, and it's really has a focus on social purpose. Uh,
6: Yeah, well, that's critical. And what age? What age level in 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 terms of the you know the people that uh, are under your care, for lack of a better word?
7: We have um, individuals we support in our. Day program as young as in their thirties, um, but really it ranges. We have um, we provide support for anybody who is somewhat aged out of uh, the school system, um, providing day programs to adults anywhere over the age of twenty-four up into seniors. So we do provide. We have about five or six seniors who live with us, and then we have one or two who attend our day programs as well. So and it's a really have huge area. We right. do. We have several group homes here in Barrie um, and we're focusing on smaller group homes. So whereas maybe 20 years ago, there might have been up to seven or eight people living in, in a community group home, we are trying to get our numbers down to two, no more than two or three. We do have some that have five right now, but our goal over the next five years is to lower those group homes um, and get people living in smaller group settings, uh, which is something we learned during COVID that um, people, as they age, like to live with fewer people and like to have a choice of where they live. So that's something that Camp Hill takes very seriously is the choices of how individuals we support would like to spend their day and where the, what kind of setting they'd like to live in, whether that be rural or urban.
6: How are you funded? You mentioned the, the the ministry. Are there other sources of funding that you uh, you you know you get support from the public or require from the public?
7: Yes. We rely heavily on community partnerships. We've just recently secured a partnership with the Barry Construction Association, and we're really excited about that. Um, that's to renovate one of our group homes um, to create one of the first new beds we've had in five years. So there's a huge waiting list for group homes uh, for individuals with developmental disabilities. And um, we'll be adding a new bed for the first Time in five years, and that's because of the generosity of the donors and the donation of the Barry Construction Association. Um, so we there's never enough homes, and housing is expensive, and many individuals who require support are ending up in homes like long-term care that aren't appropriate for them, and they don't receive the social outlets that they might pr- might be receive.
6: Regressive in terms of you know, it limits their ability and you know very what they're much capable
7: so. Of. Very much so. So a lot of these individuals end up living with their parents or relatives. Um, they may be lucky enough to have a distant relative that takes them on if they've lost their parents. Because if you if you think about twenty-three years after you graduate high school, that puts someone in their mid forties. Um, I can't imagine living with my parents till my mid forties. Um, so yeah. I've been out uh, <laughs> a lot longer than that. So we provide, uh, Camp Hill provides day programming for those who are on a wait list and gives them the opportunity to kind of carve their own path and, and find, d- try out different things. We've been running, um, business entrepreneurship programs, no different than, um, other people through the past two years. We've had about five or six individuals we support start their own businesses through I COVID. I saw well,
6: the one lady of, of, of making. Um I think it was a purple cow or tell yes. me a little about that. Cause I thought that's that, uh, so, there, there's so, a great success story.
7: Yes. So some of the individuals have gotten into, I think you're referring to uh, Annette who does mm-hmm. a lot of felting and these are highland cows um, that she's felted and she takes wool and she makes little cows out of them that mirror the cows that we have on the property. And they are adorable little creatures. And then we have another individual, her name's Terry and she does a lot of crocheting and knitting and she takes, she has an Etsy and a storefront on Etsy. Um, And she's really good and very talented. She likes to make um, different blankets, uh, sweaters for individuals. She takes special orders. Um, And then we have other individuals wanting to start their own landscape company. So they have uh, hopes and dreams and, and we're doing a great job. We have some incredible staff that help these individuals find what it is they'd like to do with their day-to-day lives. And we have the generous support of, of many donors, but there's never enough. So we, at every dollar, we have really good cost per dollar raised. Um, a lot of our funds go straight to the programs. We are making change and we're part of what's coming next. So it's exciting, but we have so far to go.
0: If you'd like to help and want more information about the foundation and its work, log on to camphill.on ca. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian, MJ, and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for tying it all together, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About. Rate it. Review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, Barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.